Hey, it's Stuart Wright, the Britflix podcast host, and I'm cutting in again just to let you know this is the continuation of the Fright Fest preview series. And again, breaking with the tradition of the usual long form QA, this is six bite sized, spoiler free introductions to films that are playing. You will hear about Hazard, The Leech, She Came Out from the Woods, and Walking Against the Rain. Everyone is asked the same questions. Tell us who they are, what their role is on the film, a brief synopsis about the film, the kernel of the idea that led to the film that you're seeing today, their favourite memory from the shoot, a spoiler-free insight into the scene they're looking forward to most seeing with an audience at Frightfest, and then finally they're offering their tips to any rookie attendees to Frightfest, or simply saying they are rookie attendees and they're really looking forward to attending. Over to the filmmakers. My name is Jonas Hovart, and I'm the director of Hazard, uh, action comedy Hazard. Hazard is an action comedy, a crime comedy, and I think the unique uh, selling point is that the camera never leaves the car of the main character, who is named Hazard. I found the script uh, during COVID when uh, I was already um, I was already trying to get something going with uh, a writer I really admire, an American writer called Trent Haga. Uh, but because of COVID, that that project was on hold, and I felt like uh, I'm going I'm going to go crazy if if if, it's, if this is going to be years of sitting still. Do you have like a small project I could do in the meantime? That's where it all came from. And that kind of uh, ballooned into something much bigger because his initial script was called, it wasn't called Hazard, it was called Int Car, like interior car. Yeah, it was set in Los Angeles. It was very different. I think there was less humor in it. it, it all, Trent always has humor, but this wasn't as uh, surreal and, and I think funny as the, uh, the end product has become. So it, it became a real collaboration between me and Trent, which was uh, great. Yeah. I always like it when a city is not just a backdrop, like the worst thing you can say in an interview is like the city is a bit of a character, but I'm from Antwerp, uh, which is a, it's a city in Belgium, and I've never seen it portrayed on screen in a way that I recognize. It's very multicultural. It's very colorful. Uh, it was super colorful when we shot because the, the pride was on, which was, it was great. A lot of rainbows in there. Uh, and I just, uh, I love and hate my city, and I wanted to do something with that. And this movie, weirdly enough, even though it's an American script, seemed like the, the perfect opportunity to to do that. So yeah, besides making an, uh, an uh, I've always wanted to do a car movie. That's another thing I've always wanted to do. But a big city thriller is something I've always wanted to do, and I got my opportunity here. Uh, a good comparison, even though we're, we're not up to that movie's uh, ankles, but there's a lesser known Scorsese movie called After Hours, which is basically uh, Griffin Dunn uh, on a wild night out, and he, he can't seem to get home. And that's it. And, and, and you see him come. He runs, he runs into the stories that are already happening. And as he leaves, other stories are happening. And I kind of like that idea of you're, you're glued to one character for a night that goes completely badly. And I think, to me, of that genre, I don't know what that's called, per se, maybe a bad day or a bad night movie. After Hours is, is the masterpiece. I think. Uh, one of my favorite memories from the shoot is when we uh, shot the scene uh, in the tunnel. And that's mainly because that tunnel is an Antwerp monument and there's no car supposed to be in there. And I never thought of shooting there. It was actually Trent, uh, the American writer on the, on the other side of the world, who was looking at a map of Antwerp. He's never been to Belgium, I don't think. 
And he said, uh, look, there seems to be a tunnel under the river in your city. Is that something we can use for a set piece? And like every student film shoots there, it's usually couples breaking up that walk through there. It's, uh, it's kind of a rom-com location. So the fact that we get to do a high-speed chase there uh, with, our, with, our, uh, with our deviants, that, that, that gave me a thrill that uh, no one's going to ever take away from me. So it won't be as impressive for people who don't know the city and that tunnel. To me, it's like, uh, yeah, we got away with something there. There is a moment that um, when, I, when I go to test screenings or, or I saw the movie a few times uh, with a crowd, and usually I don't like to hang around for my movie, but something happens after the initial heist where they encounter a security agent. And that movie, that, that moment is kind of like the litmus test. People are going to dig this movie or not. It's, it's such an outrageous thing uh, that has some connection with the movie Titan, uh, the French movie from uh, a few years back. And yeah, if, if, if you're still in your seat after that seat, then you're probably going to enjoy the rest of the movie. It's just... Uh, it, it's become very hard to justify, I think, and rightfully so, sex scenes in, in movies. So if you do one, you better do a memorable one or a funny one or a special one. And I think we achieved all those three things with that scene. That's all I'll say. Well, see, I'm kind of a fright fest uh, virgin. I, I think I saw one screen. I lived actually in London for about two years. And I think I saw the Hallow as part of fright fest. But um, it was a pretty civil uh, screening, uh, as I remember. So uh, I have yet to, to fully... I know it can get crazy. And I've been promised that um, when our movie is screening, it's in an IMAX screen. And uh, I've been promised that uh, the crowd will go well. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm as, I'm as uh, anxious as everyone else when it comes to Fright Fest. Uh, yeah. I am Eric Pennykoff. I am the writer, director, and producer of the seasonal Christmas horror comedy, The Leech. The Leech is about a devout Catholic priest who, in his good heart and best will, decides to help a couple of strangers off the streets around Christmas time. They are struggling in one way or another, and he continues to give them chances to improve themselves, to change their lives under his guidance. And when they fail to do so, his patience runs out. The Leech is very much inspired by films like The Night of the Hunter, God Told Me To, uh, anything that's fiercely independent and sort of made uh, with the love and the care and uh, you know the, all the friends that you can pull together uh, is very much inspired by a lot of real-life events as well as documentaries, reality TV, and the sort of things that are almost too ridiculous to be true. My favorite memory from shooting The Leech was really just being around so many of the people that I've worked with before. We made this film during the pandemic pre-vaccine. This was the first time many of us had seen each other, let alone anyone in a while. And there were very few of us. And it just felt very nice to be with friends making a movie during what felt like it could have been the end of the world. And I think just putting everything out there, not knowing how people would take it, not knowing how it would all come together quite, and just giving it our all and doing it together. I think the moment that I'm the most excited to witness the audience's reaction to is when you find out that Father David did in fact have sex with Terry and Lexi and that it was not a dream. So in Sadistic Intentions, it was very much about metalheads and there was a variety of metal music throughout and metal music that was composed for it. Uh, with The Leech, the only real metal music is a recurring track uh, that comes from this band called Lotion 
multinational corporation, which is a very strange hybrid mix of electronic, metal, uh, military, industrial complex samples and a whole thematic uh, skew of things that is sort of very odd and many things at once, the same way that Terry's character is many things all at once. My number one tip for rookie attendees, whether it be at Fright Fest or any major festival, is just make it a point to talk to as many people as you can. These are lifelong friendships, you know, a, a career as a director or a filmmaker or anything in the film industry. It's, it's a marathon. It's not a race that can very much be uh, that feeling to want to do many, many things while you're at a film festival. But I think the most important thing you can do is talk to people and meet people because these are friendships that are going to last a lifetime. Uh, my name is Eric Lindquist. Uh, go ahead. And I am Carson <laughs> Lindquist. We are brothers. We wrote and directed. She came from the world. Last day of summer, 1987, a group of counselors decide to celebrate the end of the summer by conjuring up an old legend that they've tried to do many summers before, but now with an added twist and lo and behold, it works uh, and bad things start happening. And we, we think of it as a um, coming of age movie that just happens to turn into a kind of falls to the wall action horror movie after yeah. the inciting incident. So Eric and I had a very formative camp experience growing up and we were always inspired by campfire stories and, and the idea of, stories being passed down over time mixed with our mutual love of film. And this was a marriage of that. We had an idea to do um, five or six years ago now. And, and since that point, we evolved that idea into this feature film, which we were very fortunately able to do last year. And it's very much tied to our experience as campers. Minus the witch. But yes. Yeah. You know, when we, before we did this, we, we watched a lot of 80s summer camp horror movies. We watched all of the Friday movies. We watched The Burning. We watched Sleepaway Camp um, and others like that. So I think there are certainly familiar pieces that people will hopefully resonate with in this, but we weren't necessarily using any one movie as a blueprint or archetype. Um, we kind of just wanted to pay homage to maybe the way those movies felt with a contemporary twist on it. So we kind of allowed those to invade our psyches and the writing of it uh, and prior to production. But we, we've said before, it's almost like, I mean, it's a little Blair Witch meets Friday meets Stranger Things, but it's, it's hopefully it's, it has its own voice too. Did I say it all? Do you want to say anything? I think that covers it. Great. I don't want to speak too spoilery, but there's one particular set piece in the film that we're very proud of um, about two thirds of the way through the film um, that we had been wanting to do for a number of years now. And getting to realize that was a lot of fun. It has to do with, um, you want to take it, Eric? It gets pretty hot. Um, hot And and so it's a hot scene and it was just fun to uh, do that. It was pretty surreal. It was awesome. There were several moments that we're really looking forward to seeing with our audience because I mean as most genre people know I mean there, there's something about the community experience of just watching things um with people for the first time so I mean I, I without spoiling there are a few surprises both in terms of plots and uh action set pieces that we have seen the two of us uh without exaggeration probably hundreds of times at this point because we edited the film as well uh so there's we're very ready to let that breathe with 
an audience and let some of the kills and let some of the, the jokes that we may have become um, short-term desensitized to play with, an play, play with an audience and, and enjoy watching that kind of ripple and kind of recognition ripple through an audience. I'll specifically say, I think when the movie really does turn toward horror from this sort of picturesque kind of beginning, it's a really fun moment that we want to be able to experience with the crowd as well. Yeah, I think the, the pivot the pivot point is there can be hopefully very uh, effective. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, we are, we are Fright Fest uh, first timers ourselves. So we've, we've been looking for everybody's tips because people are so passionate about this, which is so exciting for us to be able to celebrate it with them. So we're, we're kind of learning as well, but just in general, from uh, our perspective, from having done you know a bunch of other film festivals, I think that we have the most fun when there is a sense of community and when people, when we can strike people up in conversation, when people want to strike us up in conversation, when there's a, a dialogue going about the film. So it isn't just the 90 minutes in the theater. It's the, it's, it's the culture of and community beyond that. So, and I, I mean, Fright Fest very clearly has that in, in space. Yeah, yeah. So we're excited to participate and anybody else. And, and lean in too, I think. Yeah. And really, I think we want to see a lot of movies and, and, and embrace the space that we're going to be in. It's going to be a lot of fun. Totally. My name is Scott Lyers, and I am the writer, director, and producer of Walking Against the Rain. Walking Against the Rain tells the story of two strangers, Blair and Tommy, who are navigating their way across the barren landscape in a desperate attempt to find each other, with their only form of communication being two soon-to-die battery-operated radio mics, and with a new breed of monster in the shape of the Forsaken tracking them down, they must learn to confront loss and rediscover a trust in humanity. So the film was born out of, I'm a big fan of slow burn, character-driven horror and also old school practical effects monster movies. So Walking Against the Rain was born from the idea of blending those two worlds together and then discovering what that would look like as a micro-budget indie film. A good comparison would be someone at Fright Fest recently compared the film to Gareth Edwards' brilliant uh, 2010 breakout Monsters, uh, which for me works as a comparison because they're both low-budget, character-driven films. Though Walking Against the Rain is probably made for about a quarter of the Monsters' budget, so maybe not as polished. And another comparison would be either the book or the film version of Cormac McCarthy's The Road. Good memory from the shoot. It's a very good question. I have a lot of good memories from the shoot, to be honest. Um, working with each actor and bringing those characters to life is always a, a highlight for me. I love working with actors. But if I had to pick just one thing from production, it would be any of the days that feature creature work, even on our micro budget, just watching those creatures come to life via glorious practical effects is a dream come true. With the Fright Fest audience, I'm really looking forward to see how they react to the slow burn nature of our story because that can always be a bit hit and miss with a festival crowd. I think a lot of people, obviously it being Fright Fest, they're going to react to the old school creature work. But for me, and no spoilers, it is probably the last act of the film when everything comes together. And uh, hopefully we're going to leave people uh, walking out with a smile on their face. Number one tip for a festival rookie. Uh, for me, it would be networking. Uh, network with as many filmmakers as possible, network with as many horror fans as possible. 
And also don't just show up to watch your film. Watch as much as you can. Help support the indie scene as much as you can. And really just try and support as many people as possible and they will support you back. You know, share your war stories and engage with as many people over a few beers as possible. And uh, yeah, for me, that's the biggest tip I can give is just engage with everyone, support as many filmmakers as you can. Don't just make it about your film, but in turn, that, that will do wonders for your project. And so brings us to the end of Frightfest Preview Part 4. You heard from Hazard, the leech. She came out from the woods and walking against the rain. Subscribe to Britflix wherever you get your podcast. And if you have time, please rate and review. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Oh,